Hello, you're listening to Season 2 of the Hypotheticals Podcast. I'm Adriano. And I'm Andy, and this week's episode is sponsored by OKZuma, the new video call software for the over 60s. Andy, burning question of the week. How do we save the high street? It's a relevant topic at the moment, isn't it? Oh, yeah. COVID, uh, you know, all, we're in lockdown once again in, mm-hmm. uh, in the UK, or at least in England. Uh, who'd have thought it? Uh, all the scientists. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's a second save... wave preposterous notion. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. How can we save uh, the high streets? Well, I think we need to be innovative. For too long, the high streets have been content to just be shops that sell you stuff. And that's pretty much it. You know, they might have a fancy display outside. They might do special things around Christmas or like Black Friday deals, but they're not doing enough. So my first idea is you've heard of all you can eat buffets. Mm. Why not all you can shop shops? Oh, So you can apply this to many different kinds of shops. Um, So, for example, a laundrette, you could have an all you can wash laundrette. So as many clothes as you can physically carry into the shop uh, <laughs> for a flat fee, you can just wash them, uh, you know, for as long as it takes. Now, hang on, hang on. Is that not already the concept they operate on? Like, it's, you can cram as many clothes as you want <laughs> into this one machine, and then for a flat fee, it'll just wash the whole yeah, lot. It'll just uh, flood the whole thing with water. <laughs> I see what you mean. Are you suggesting that you can show up with as many clothes as you can physically get through the doorway, and then just however many machines it takes, you're just going to pay for the one that, load? That is what I was thinking, yeah. But I, I guess see. on a smaller scale, that is already <laughs> I feel like laundrettes are kind of already there. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, a more uh, <laughs> exciting one then is um, all-you-can-wear clothing outlets. Oh. So you pay a fat fee, flat fee, you go into the shop, and as many clothes as you can physically wear mm-hmm. and still get out of the door, that's yours. That's really strong, actually. Yeah, because I was thinking in terms of you get those ones like... Um... I think you get like vintage warehouse sales and things where they charge you by weight or like you're given a bag as you go in and it's like however much you can cram into this bag for a flat yep. fee. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how much you can wear. That's really fun because it opens it up for strategy as well beyond just, you know, everyone's got the same bag, whatever. It's boring. You know what you're getting. But wearing stuff, it becomes like the the great game of figuring out how much of your luggage you can carry on your person <laughs> to avoid paying extra fees at the airport, right? Yeah. And it means you can plan. It works especially well if you have small children, because obviously, as you put more clothes on, you get broader and bigger. Mm-hmm. So it's like when they have those t-shirt contests, like how many t-shirts can you wear? Yes. They have to get bigger and bigger t-shirts as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So it works well with kids because they're going to grow. So you can just get bigger and bigger t-shirts, and you're sorted for the rest of their junior life. You're right. But obviously, if you're an adult, it's a bit more difficult because either you're banking on just being <laughs> on a lot of weight. Or- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or you, you're just accepting the fact that like, you're going to have to wear some of these t-shirts as dresses and that sort of thing. I love it. Unless, of course, you're one of the people afflicted or blessed by the condition we talked about in our last episode and uh, you're destined to just keep on growing. Like the shop yes, is designed the for them. Perfect shop. They'd make such a loss. <laughs> yes, Because <laughs> people would. would go in once <laughs> for their that's, entire life. That's true. Wait, then you count on fashions changing as a thing because there's a lot of... 
it's not even a single industry. There's just a whole like sort of slice of the economy that's based on the idea of like, oh, you want to invest up front so that later on you don't have to worry. And, you know, they're banking, you know, like commit to a year's gym membership because it's cheaper than month by month. And then they're counting on like by month two, you're going to be sick of it. Mm-hmm. So they sell you all the clothes you're going to need for the rest of your life, but then they change the fashions next season and suddenly all your friends are judging you. You've got to go back. Yeah, and you look like an idiot. It's true. Yeah. Or, so which means that the perfect intersection is people who've decided to let themselves go. You you go to the <laughs> shop once while you're still like skinny uh, and you care about fashion and you buy your entire wardrobe for the rest of your life as you gradually like expand in girth. And don't care about what people think of you anymore. So it doesn't matter that your clothes are all decades old. Yeah, just a really sort of uh, nihilistic view of your future. Just like, (laughs) it's inevitable. I'm not going to work out. There's no way that's going to happen. So I am just going to, you know, uh, get larger as I get older. And that's fine. And I'm just going to commit 100%. Don't care if I'm not in fashion, whatever. (laughs) It's just a realistic approach, you know. Like, for too long have we been tormented with these size zero models, these, like, buff dudes modelling Calvin Klein, all the rest of it. No, none of that. Like, the people on the signs in this shop are, like, just covered in Cheetos dust and, like, three-day stubble, (laughs) just, like, huge. They haven't even gotten up off the sofa for the photo shoot. But they're raising like a, a half-hearted thumbs up because at least they haven't had to buy any new clothes in years. Yeah, there's a before and after shot just to really hammer it home. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, and the before shot is like a dude flexing on the beach, just like surrounded by adoring women. Um, yeah. But it's like all in black and white and they put like a red cross over it and put like, put, like <laughs> images of like uh, money bags, but with like wings flying away. Like, oh no, look at him. He's spending all his money on swimwear. It's terrible. Yeah, you too could be like Chad and the, the the image of him in the future he's you know he's let himself go completely he does not look well very pale or very red in the face surrounded he's by surrounded by piles of money yes so much he's just you know practically buried on, on the sofa it's just empty pizza boxes empty beer cans and just piles of cash he doesn't know what to do with it by god it is not making him happy but I tell you what <laughs> it saved him a lot it money. has and this could be you so. The other thing about this uh, with clothing is that you could, you know, in um, in all you can eat buffets, there's the kind of uh, the tricky foods that they try to get you on to like fill you up so that you don't eat too much. Oh, it's it like it's all chips, bread it could sticks, be garlic things. bread, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. And it, you know, the connoisseurs of a, a a buffet will avoid the carbs and things and just mm-hmm. go straight for the expensive like prawns or whatever. Yeah, um, the same would probably be true. In a, in a clothing outlet they try to trick you by going for like big puffy coats or um oh yeah f- like flared trousers they'd have all that stuff know. in the entrance yeah it's just like the real thick puffy stuff yeah puffer jackets puffer trousers uh those yeah. whatever mc hammer was wearing like parachute pants yeah and presumably they'd make a lot more money in winter because you physically can't because it's all thicker yeah you can't put as much stuff on and in summer they're just, you know, there's money walking out of the shop. They Maybe they close down in summer, I don't know. But on the flip side, if it's too warm outside, you know, like you've oh, got to factor in true. heat. Like if you pass out within a certain radius of the shop, you forfeit <laughs> your purchases. You back. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the rules are you've got to make it home in one piece if you well, pass oh, out. Oh, yeah. And that's nothing. Maybe they could just make it really hot in the shop. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's... It's, it's an endurance challenge. Even before you make it out onto the street, mm-hmm. you are sweating. Yeah. And uh, 
And then if you try and return any of the clothes, they say, sorry, these are covered in sweat. I, we can't take these back. It's true. God, you could really scam people, couldn't you? But you could also turn it into almost a sporting event, like those uh, the restaurants with like the challenge steaks or whatever, you know, and they got the wall of photos like, oh, this guy attempted the, you know, big boy 20 pounder or whatever. Um, <laughs> you'd have like the guy who fought his way out of the shop. But, like, there's a picture of him, like, stuck in the doorway with, like, employees <laughs> having to, like, push him through because he's just There's employees swaddled. with crowbars and things, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. But he did it by Jove. And, yes, he did die on his way home, but we remember him fondly. He's being rolled out of the shop like uh, <laughs> Violet Beauregard in Willy Wonka. Exactly. Yeah, completely blue in the face. Um, you, you'd <laughs> win by going for accessories and things, wouldn't you? Because, like, a belt for its weight is very expensive, typically. Oh, yeah, just make an entire outfit out of belts. Yes, and then resell them. Or just, you know, earrings or something. Like, you'd want to go in, get, like, a single shawl or sari or whatever, just wrap yourself in it sort of loosely, and then just pin as many, like, earrings and brooches and things on it as you could. You'd just be a coruscating, like, goddess. Yeah. You'd emerge out there like a, like a, <laughs> like a dragon sat on its new <laughs> horde. Presumably, this shop would fill up with loads of people's disgusting old clothes. Because... You know, if you're fanatical about this, you're going to go in and you'd be like, right, I need to get as many new clothes as possible. I don't need these old clothes that I'm currently wearing because I literally, I'm losing money by keeping these on. Oh, it's true. So presumably people just strip off, throw their sweaty, like, B.O. smelling t-shirts away and uh, just, you know, are, are putting on anything they can find. Well, you know what, though? If they've got um, a washing machine in the back, then, I mean, that's, uh, they can feed those back into the system. <laughs> You know, if they're smart about it, if it's like a vintage, you know, pre-loved uh, yeah. sort of dealio, then yeah, that's like that's that's a bit of a return on their on their. Uh, I like speculation. I like the idea that they have a discount rail, even though everything is is essentially free once you're inside. That's how they'd get you, though, isn't it? They'd they'd have all the puffy stuff that you don't want to be wearing for efficiency, but they'd have all these big signs above it like twenty percent off, like new, you know, yeah. completely meaningless. But that's how they get you. Maybe they could cover it in salt or something, because um, <laughs> there's got to be some way to make clothing appealing, right? Because like those empty carbs, the breadsticks, the chips, that's just it's just salty carbs, just oily mm. salty carbs. That's all it takes. There's got to be some equivalent, like maybe some color combination. It's just like, oh yeah, bright colors. I need those oh, yeah. on my body. They, they, they tie dye everything. Oh yeah. Like, tie-dye's coming back, I think, at the moment. So uh, you can take any old crap and tie-dye it, so why not? Oh yeah, easily. Fantastic. Yeah, then that's... I'm picturing this store as, like, an increasingly psychedelic experience because you're going to go in there wearing as little as possible. You're going to strip more or less naked as soon as possible. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're just going to be surrounded by, like, the most disorienting landscape (laughs) that, like, the haberdashery industry has managed to concoct. Everything's going to be, like, yeah, camo, tie-dye, like, coloured nonsense just to get you to try and put on the things that are closest to you without thinking. And you're going to be getting hotter and hotter as you do it (laughs) with just, like, the stores heating, increasing. Like, you're going to be just panting, dehydrated, confused... Yeah, and surrounded by other page like huge sumo people in their clashing tie dye <laughs> colours. I don't know. It's starting to people sound like, like a real fighting trip. Fighting over the you know over the bargain bins or not bargains, but you know the <laughs> bins of clothes. But literal sumo wrestle wrestling fights break out. <laughs> yeah. they're trying to push the other person out of the circle of uh, of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, into the like the aisle of uh, like what is our oh, child's wear? I didn't come here for this. No. <laughs> I've been defeated. Ring out. You've got like a, a baby's onesie on each arm. 
Maybe they maybe can make this work some. <laughs> yeah, you'd have people just like with clothes just trailing off of them. They'd be, they'd be like tying uh, the sleeves of cardigans around their necks and just wearing them as capes. <laughs> I'm imagining uh, like explorers trekking through a jungle. People have got like machetes just whack- <laughs> slashing their way through trying to find a good deal. Get rid of all this stuff. I don't need camo. I don't need tie dye. <laughs> Get me the Coco Chanel. <laughs> I came here for a wedding suit. I'm not leaving without six of them, just stacked on, different colours. I want to leave here with a with a top hat on a top hat on a top hat on a top hat. <laughs> I came here on behalf of all of my groomsmen. <laughs> I'm not leaving until every one of them is satisfied. That would be the new job of the best man, you know, like the chosen champion. He's getting in there for the bargains. He needs so many ascots. Oh dear! Very good. <laughs> so I've got some other all you can uh, all you can blank things. I'm um, sold already. So yeah, let's go. So uh, there's all you can smoke tobacconists. Oh, do you have to smoke it in the shop? Yeah, yeah. Holy hell! Okay, <laughs> it's not healthy. <laughs> no, it is not. But it's a good way to get a uh, you know a recurring customer base because presumably people would be wildly addicted. Um, is, so they keep coming back. Is that a challenge? Like, are people not already addicted to nicotine? I guess maybe yeah, you I'm need not... <laughs> it more for the vaping generation, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know if people who vape have their own vape shops. They're not going to a tobacconist for vape, I assume. It's true. I, but I never see anyone in the vape shops. They're kind of, like, eerie. Well, because of all the smoke, you can't see through it. <laughs> all the oil but in the air. The ones I've seen, um, maybe they're different, I don't know. But the ones I've seen look like... I don't know, like Apple stores, like like they're pitching themselves as high end uh, technology uh, shops. You know what I mean? Everything's like stark and white and fu- like clear and futuristic looking, and they've got all these all this gadgetry on display. Um, and like you can't even tell you're supposed to smoke these things. Those that could be any sort of device. Uh, and there's no one in there. There's like three staff members just hanging around on their phones, waiting to pounce on someone, you know, and like figure out which vaping plan is right for you, and you know what add-ons, and I don't know. It just it strikes me as very odd. You go to a tobacconist and you're like, I want my usual brand of cancer poison, please. And they're like, here you go, <laughs> sir. See you tomorrow because you're an addict. You're know, like, no problem. Um, but these guys, I don't know what they're doing. There's no one in there. Surely, surely you want your equivalent of the genius bar or whatever. And it's like the people who can teach you the vape tricks. You want the guy with the like free samples of like, this time we've got caramel bubblegum flavor, you know, try this week's hot new whatever. But you need to get people in there. Yeah, I guess the problem is, I think the intersection between people who vape and people who buy stuff online is probably quite high. Uh, you could be right. But yeah. I don't know, like, learning the tricks and stuff, right? Like, it's it's kind of like being a magician. If you want to be a magician, you've got to consign yourself to spending years by yourself in front of a mirror, practicing sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine it's the same with any kind. I mean, uh, vape trickery is another, like dexterity-based thing. You just got to practice and practice and practice. But the skateboarders, you see, they've managed to make a social enterprise out of practicing that stuff. They don't do it alone in their rooms. They all get together at the park for some healthy, fresh air. (laughs) Hey, guys, let's all head down to the vape park. (laughs) (laughs) They've still got all the jumps and stuff. uh, (laughs) It's just all these, all these, mostly guys, I think it is the vape. I don't know. But uh, just standing around um, trying to impress each other with their tricks. Well, I think there's a, if they're not already doing something like that, if they don't already have a place to meet, because like you go to Amsterdam and they've got the cafes and there's people hanging out in there smoking, like as a communal thing. 
I don't understand why the vape shops aren't trying to create a similar dealio. I have seen some vape coffee shops, but again, they have been entirely empty. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not doing well enough. I think this this all-you-can-smoke business could really work for the vaping industry. But speaking of coffee shops, though, um, oh God. obviously you could have all-you-can-drink bars or all-you-can-drink-coffee shops. I'm not super happy with either of those, to be honest. No, no. Uh, but... So, aside from the fact that this encourages alcoholism and, um, <laughs> I don't know, I guess coffee addiction is less less problem, mm. but uh, just you'd have all these incredibly jittery, maybe quite angry people in your shop. Mm-hmm. But perhaps the twist to get them out of the shop, because a lot of the, the time the problem would be getting people out, mm. is that you don't have any toilets. Oh, that's so it. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Yeah. really is a matter of stamina in terms of how much, you know, how strong your bladder is. Yep. Or a matter of how many drinks can you chug in a short time period as possible before you charge off to somewhere else which has a toilet. Oh yeah, you'd have to not serve shots really, because otherwise the most economical thing to do is to go in, order a, um, what are they called, a float? or You know when they're bringing you a tray with like a load of shots on it? Mm -hmm. One of those to yourself, and then just dunk, 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 thank you very much barman, and then I'm out of here to go and, you know, enjoy this buzz at home. I think they could afford that, though, because similarly with all-you-can-eat buffets, people could just go for the really expensive stuff. But generally, people don't go in and just have shots, like, at a bar. That's they, true, They might want a glass of wine, they want a beer, or whatever. So there would be a few people who would game the system, but then you'd make your money back on the idiots <laughs> buying, like, really cheap beer, or whatever. You're right, you would. The people who are actually treating it as a social thing. Yeah, because, like, if you're going to an all-you-can-eat buffet to be, like, nourished... Um, to be honest, you can be nourished by the cheap carbs. Yeah, you're either going with the express purpose of trying to just cram your gullet full of the kind of food (laughs) you don't normally shell out for, right? It's just going to be 100% shrimp. Or you're going with the express purpose of just trying to cheat the owners out of as much money as possible just out of sheer spite. Or you're going to have a meal with some people and you're just going to order what you are going to enjoy and you're going to stop before you burst, which I guess is their, is their scheme all along, isn't it? Yeah, like if you're going into this pub with the idea of just beating your liver into submission on someone else's <laughs> dime, then that's one thing. But you're right, people wouldn't, the fools. Okay, a lo- last couple of these. I got a lot of these. Um, so, uh, all you can steal. So... Mm. Um, Again, you play, you play, uh, you pay a flat fee for entry into the supermarket or whatever, mm-hmm. and then as much stuff as you can smuggle out is yours without fear of repercussions. So, if you're stopped and they can identify, you know, a visible bit, and they're like, "What's that there?" Mm-hmm. Then the, you go, "Ah, oh, you got me," and you don't get to take it's it with you. It's a fair cop, gov. But if you leave and there's, you know, they, they've got to be uh, fairly you know, um, they don't want to police this too hard because then everyone will be like, this sucks, I'm not going. Yeah. But um, it's just like walking this fine line. It is such a fine line, but that'd be so fun if they could pull it off because so many people want the heist experience. Like escape rooms yeah. and things are catering to that. Oh, and you could, get, you could go so overboard with it. You could arrange a heist. Mm. Like you could arrange for, you know, a van to pull up behind the supermarket and, you know, you've bribed a staff member and they push out a load of stuff straight into the van and then the van drives up into a lorry and it goes away. Yes. And then the, the shop would just be like, fair cop, you know. Yeah, you know what, that's fine. <laughs> 
I like that. I like the idea that it would spawn either you get shops vying with each other and offering different packages. Like there's just mm-hmm. the simple like, look, we'll have the standard couple of guards by the door, the BP things, like you know how it works. Flat fee, come in, take what you can, we'll see if we can catch you. Just, you know, simple. And then you get ones with like, well, yeah, obviously you can have the basic package or our deluxe offer, you know, and for <laughs> this, that you'll have they'll have like certain staff members whose job it is to be corruptible, they'll have a deal with like a local uh, you know, panel van company who will like drive you in batches to you know, yeah. they'll like they'll make it happen for you. And then you'll get the evolution of the, um, you know, the way Airbnb showed up kind of as a middle finger to the traditional hotel industry that was like, screw it. People have got the 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 will to go live in places and people have got the places to go live in. Let's just connect them and we don't need these middlemen. And now okay. they've led to the rise of a whole new class of middlemen because there's all these companies that will manage your Airbnbs for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you'd get that. You'd get the like the heist companies that become an intercessor between the shop and the customers. Mm. And they'd provide like your heist gear and your like like plan of action. They'd have like a heist leader, maybe. I can see that yeah. happening. I'm just thinking this might fairly quickly be clamped down on by uh, the government because <laughs> essentially what it is is a training ground for criminals. That's a good point. So it's a safe space to learn the tricks of the trade um, <laughs> so that you can go out into the real world and not have to pay a fee to enter. You just get to take stuff. It's true. You'd have all these shops that have like jumped on this bandwagon and are vying with each other to offer the best heist experience. And then you've got like the one shop that's refused to go with it. And they're like, no, we don't. No, we don't offer that here. <laughs> It's like yeah. the one place that won't accept the vouchers. And there's people just trying to wander out with TVs under their jackets. Like, <laughs> no, come on. Oh, So, yeah, that is my uh, very long all-you-can-blank idea for saving the high streets. Honestly, I think you fixed the problem at a stroke. We need a... We need a, a re, like, the same way that, like, software as a subscription service has really changed the game. I think mm-hmm. the, the all-you-can-blank... It existed before, but in too niche a format. And that could really be a game changer. Um, let me tell you my, my first thought, which was a lot stupider. Um, high street, high street, just line it with weed dispensaries. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make it high. Or, different way to make it high, physically ramp it up. Make it right. super high elevation on like super tall pylons. And then provided you can come up with some kind of energy efficient system, like a lift to get people from ground level up to high street level, yeah. whether that's, um, <clears throat> you know, like something has to come down for everything that goes up, like provided it's energy efficient, then suddenly um, you might have solved the energy crisis as pertains to powering vehicles, right? Because electric cars, electric cars, they're not as great as everyone says, but obviously we want to stop guzzling petrol. So now you basically just have Flintstones cars. Provided you start all your journeys from the center, they just hoist you up yeah. and then you just roll away like on a roller coaster. And your whole town is just built on like a, a conical gradient. Right, so are you thinking like your town is a volcano shape? Yeah. And you in the middle you go up to the top and then you can go any direction down. That's exactly it. And and uh, do you have to grab items on your way past? <laughs> <laughs> well but you'd have breaks. It's just that like you'd be able to get anywhere from your starting position just coasting on your own momentum, and then you can stop and get out and buy whatever and get back in your car, disengage the brake, and off you start rolling again. How does parking work? Um I mean, not well. 
<laughs> you'd have to be better at it, I guess, real quick. Or maybe, you know, you have an engine, you just engage it a lot less. Right. Look, if you're not happy with that, I've got one more high street <laughs> idea, okay? Okay. And this time it's high street spelled H-I, okay? Because uh-huh. what is the high street, um, like, what is its benefit over the online world? Is the in-person, it's like, it's the human contact and, like, the physical... You know, we're all getting, like, fat and depressed, stuck in our houses, just doing everything online these days. We need to get out, enjoy the fresh air, see some people. And uh, in Italy, and probably other places, um, but in Italy they've got a tradition called the passeggiata, which just means, uh, like, a walk, a stroll. Um, And at least in some places, it's basically a thing that is commonly done at certain times of day, often in the evening after dinner, where you just go for a stroll in the city centre. And... People do, like family groups do, friend groups do, and you just meet people. It's like, oh, you guys are as well, and you stop and you chat. It's just like, you know the way teenagers just like go to the mall to hang out because that's where their friends are and stuff? It's like that, but everybody, and it's the high street. So we need to re-engage that. We need some kind of like cultural drive towards everyone just being in the high street at a similar time. And then you build a kind of like momentum so you're saying like, uh, it, would it be like shops opening later at night after after dinner? You can go for a quick shop. Exactly. Like, let's let's go to W H Smith and get some stationery. Yeah. Or uh, I could do with a new uh, eraser pen. Oh, I need some more cat litter because <laughs> my cat is pooping literally everywhere. <laughs> it's <laughs> happening right now. I dare go back home <laughs> without sacks of this stuff to absorb the stench. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, because that's what they tend to do in the Mediterranean is like often they'll have a siesta period and then the shops will open again and shut at like 7 or 8 p.m. Maybe. So uh, certainly in some European countries when I've been on holiday, probably the more touristy kind of areas, you'd be sat in a restaurant and a person would come round. Um, uh, usually outside, you'd be sat outside in a restaurant or a cafe and a person would come round selling little bits and bobs, like oh, sunglasses or whatever. Like buy a flower for the lady or like... Yeah, or they'll have like a card like which might say like, I'm, you know, I'm deaf and this is how I make my living or whatever. Yes. Um, so they hand those out. But if you get big corporations involved <laughs> oh, so yeah. from, from the high street stores, then they could have a representative come round mm-hmm. uh, to the shop or perhaps the whole restaurant is um, somehow transported into the middle of a Waitrose. Or, uh, you know, I don't know how this would work. When you say, are you talking about teleportation or a restaurant on I wheels? Mean... Or do they just, like, <laughs> peel away the walls and you are inside a giant supermarket the whole time? Like, haha, we lured that you in a for a nice reveal. evening with your friends, but now, commerce. Yeah, maybe they just put all the restaurants inside big shops. So you literally have to go through the shop to get to the restaurant. That's actually, I mean, that's kind of... It's sort of already happening, isn't it? Like, you get uh, Waterstones and big bookshops that have, like, teamed up with Costa to put a cafe in there. Yeah, but that on a larger scale with yeah. every shop. Every single restaurant. It's it's like a, a change in the ecosystem that means that, like, every small fish needs to travel with a big fish for protection. Otherwise, it's not going to yeah. survive. I've, I've got to go through this home base to get to Carluccio. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I will have some screws on my way out. You Thank know what? You. Yeah, I do need a new ballpeen hammer. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's a way. Just like physically rearranging it, I think, could probably do you a lot of favors. Actually, you could go even further, right? Here's a thought I had, which is, um, uh, I'm lying. I, I didn't have this thought at all. I'm totally appropriating my fiance's idea. So credit to Pedro for this one. <laughs> Um, but move the whole thing into VR, right? Forget about the conventional high street. I'm sorry. Like it had its time, but you can't, it's like trying to keep the typewriter going in the age of the computer. There's just no way. So move the whole thing online. Um, and what you do is people, you know, the way like, um, your VR, I've barely used any VR, so I'm kind of speculating here, but as I understand it, they come with like your standard, like room, which is like your menu space from which you select your applications and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your room is an entire high street or town centre. And you pop, like, your apps, like, you access an app by walking into a shop. And that, you know, okay. now you're in the VR version of Tesco's or whatever. Right. Are there other are there other players in the shop? Yeah, because then you'd invite your friends and they'd come to your VR. You know what I mean? It'd be like, let's uh, guys, let's hang out today. Like, oh, whose high street should we go to? It's like, oh, yeah, I've just bought the, like, premium... You know, like, uh, you can you can come to H&M in mine. We've got Zara, you know, whatever. Like, whatever, the, whatever the, the brands are that the kids care about these days. You'd be able... They'd probably be full of microtransactions. You'd be able to get, like, the free templates for a high street. And you'd have all these companies, like, pushing themselves. You know, get, like, the free the free storefront link, etc. Because they just want to be in there. But then they'd be charging you for like the premium experience to like get rid of all the billboards and all the intrusive advertising and the, let's face it, like the VR chatbots that would be wandering around trying to accost you like the uh, charity people okay. with clipboards. Just, or like the, the VR customers who are just like, isn't this shop great? Oh yeah, <laughs> like big <laughs> I wins. love all the stuff in this shop, <laughs> buy this. This is my favourite product name here. <laughs> It glitches sometimes and they just don't bother filling it in. Yeah, like the ad server goes down, but like they're still going through the motions. They're like, oh God, yeah, I'm so glad I got all these bargains. But like their basket is just full of like <laughs> just blue cubes with nothing on them. <laughs> or just full of like really random, you know, materials that would go well together. <laughs> it's just glitched out and they've bought like 15 coffins. <laughs> Just like you buy on the high street today. <laughs> My kids will love these. <laughs> oh, no. Just pushing a trolley full of tombstones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, See, dear. we're laughing and having a good time already. Like, we could be there right now, having an even better time. You could, um, I mean, this would involve some kind of futuristic uh, shenanigans, but you could, you'd need to invent some sort of taste cartridge, and you could sell... Um, like a printer cartridge, but with taste. Mm. So you could sell the taste package so that you could go to restaurants and coffee shops with your friends. Yes. And then actually, you know, taste the stuff. Absolutely. And you're just, you know, IRL, you're just being fed like a nutrient sludge. But uh, yeah, with yeah. the special, yeah, like the taste cartridge replicator thing, you're enjoying a McFlurry with your buddies. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, ah, oh, yeah, pumpkin spice taste cartridge. It's back. Yeah. I'm just imagining though, they're like, so you're in VR, you're looking down at your McFlurry or whatever, not sponsored by McDonald's, no, uh, anything, something better than that. Um, and you put your spoon in and you lift it up to your mouth. Obviously, you don't open your mouth to eat it, or you might do, but instead of getting like the the, the expected texture, you instead get this spurt of liquid into your mouth, just pure flavour, just like, Ugh. It's too. Boy, I sure am enjoying my steak today. Ugh. <laughs> you'd, you'd get like a nice ice cream to lick like a magnum or something on a stick 
(laughs) but like you you'd be getting a warm like (laughs) nutrient fluid instead it just would not match up except for the flavor somehow tastes like ice cream very confusing that would not be good no but they get better (laughs) at it and you wouldn't be rained on and all your friends would be there and you know you could uh you get all the all the kookiness and that you get the cosmetics and think about like the the amount that people spend now on virtual um you know fun boxes and happy crates and loot watsits you know this whole gambling for kids business and not just kids um but they've gotten around the like no gambling for minors laws by making it so that you can just buy keys to these boxes and it contains new hats and stuff it's that but for like you not your avatar in a game but your avatar in your social life Mm. that's what these guys must be dreaming about yeah that's true it's all gonna go virtual okay i'm gonna talk about um going back to your sort of uh high street on the hill idea Mm -hmm. um so this one I've just called High Street Carousel. So <laughs> it, it, it requires quite a lot of infrastructure investment. I'm going to be honest, it's not going to be cheap, but I think it will be worth it. So uh, you mount every single house and street on the country, in the country, on wheels. Um, okay, and you hook all the houses together like train carriages. And every night the wheels turn around the nation and uh, your house shifts along the road network. Um, so you wake up in a new place with a new selection of exciting shops right on your doorstep. Oh, that's right. So the shops stay put, but you kind of get conveyed around them. Yeah, I guess you could move the shops, but shops are big and houses are small. So yeah, you you, you shift around them. And you know, Mm. the high streets in different towns and cities look different. There's a different selection of shops, especially with like independent shops. You won't find the same one in every city. Mm -hmm. So you know, this way you get to go outside and be like, wow, I never knew that this was here because it wasn't. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That'd be great though. Yeah, because it gives a little independence, like a chance to build up some like customer loyalty from the new people who swept into town. And then as those guys are like inching out of town, the ones who really liked it will, will, will take the longer and longer walk or bus journey or drive or whatever to keep coming back. Yeah, until eventually they literally can't get there anymore and uh, you lose a customer. But <laughs> Yeah, but it's a sweet ride until that point. And, you know, hopefully there's this, you know, an ongoing flow of them. Because the last thing you want, I imagine, as a small independent is for, like, the village that you're in to get bored of you. And there's no new customer base to tap. What are you going to do? Uproot your shop? Move to a new town? No, uproot the town. Yeah. And the thing is, you can you can become an ultra-specialised shop because your customer base is constantly rotating. You can mm. just sell watermelons. Like, that's true i'm I'm just gonna sell watermelons because these you know these jokers they haven't seen watermelons in days yeah. you know they, they're coming from coventry and i'm down here in london they you know they don't they haven't seen i don't know why i don't think they have watermelons in coventry but perhaps no roll with it i love have. that idea i love that it's like trying <laughs> to bring f- like really good fish inland like to landlocked nations for sushi but it's watermelons because everyone knows they travel super badly very difficult to pack <laughs> They've never yeah, they even seen one in Scotland. It's just, it's inconceivable <laughs> to them. Like, what is this, some kind of haggis? That's a Scottish accent. <laughs> is it? <laughs> no, it's not at all. But it should have been. 
Um, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And also, because you're relying normally, if you own a watermelon emporium, you're relying on a certain <laughs> number of people in your town being extremely keen on watermelons, you know? Because a town full of people that are like, yeah, 1% keen on watermelons, that's not going to be enough people to sustain you. But a whole country full of people who are 1% keen on watermelons, that's fine. Yeah. That is A-OK. It's kind of going back to the sort of travelling traveling markets, traveling fairs, where they sell things that you don't normally see. So people are like, ooh, this is fun and different. Yeah, you wait for it. You're like, oh, I, I'm out of chutney, but I'll wait for the fair to be in next month. Yeah, but it's the other way around. So it's like, I'm out of ch- chutney. I hope the next place we live <laughs> has a chutney shop or something. Because I, I guess it makes things quite difficult for the people who work in the shops. Um, oh, yeah. Well, they have to live above them or something, presumably. Or perhaps you just rock up at whatever shop is outside your house and you work there for the day or where your shop used to be <laughs> you just walk there and you're like you know what i don't recognize this place but i i think i worked around here so sure i work here now like you have a passcode nice. mm-hmm. and it tells you every morning where you need to go to report for work oh that's more that's a more sophisticated system than i was picturing which is just that like yesterday's employees just dump their uniforms like in the shop <laughs> as they leave and leave it unlocked and then next morning you're wandering around and you're like oh there's no one serving in this shop guess i'll you know put on this apron and head behind the counter yeah yeah so uh that's high street carousel in in a darker twist um i have one called shop or you drop mm. and very simply every month you are taken by armed escort to a shopping center <laughs> and forced at gunpoint to spend at least 100 pounds oh i see very good. Yeah. Like, they could just tax people somehow and use that to, like, support failing industries, but they've but decided... taxes are unpopular, Adriano. <laughs> You're right. Nobody nobody gets elected on the grounds of higher taxes. Now, what will work is promising that armed police will kick your door in at dawn and drag yeah. you to the shopping centre. Well, no one is is physically afraid of taxes. They don't like them, but they're not afraid of them. Mm-hmm. It's much harder to argue against people with guns forcing you to spend money that's a really good point yeah and when you think about it you're boosting the economy you know like you're creating jobs it's very hard to shake a stick at these are all positive things like don't you care about traditional family (laughs) values well this is what it's going to take to uphold them i'm sorry you made your choice a lot a lot of jobs in you know in law enforcement yeah and the you know the army just enforcing this uh stuff a lot of uh Money going to munitions and armaments companies. The finest, only, only ever a good thing. Oh yeah, the most honourable of industries. I mean, what are our, what are our fine boys in blue? You know, what are they going to be doing when there's no war on and nobody's rioting and whatever? You got to give them something to do. Yeah, and you got to make sure that they're supporting our poor high street shops. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a perfect fusion. Well. Speaking of perfect fusions, um, I want to crank it back slightly from the VR idea and think, uh, how do we combine? Okay, because um, I was talking about it's nice to get people out in the fresh air, we'll institute daily walks as a cultural thing, and then I was like, nah, make it all virtual, we'll just do it from our sofas. What about somewhere in between? So people don't want to go to the high street now because like, you may as well just order stuff online, right? Like you get to compare the reviews, you can do it from the comfort of your own home, yada yada, but you don't get the personal touch you don't get the experience of like the salesperson who like uh really you know reassures you that yes that tie looks really nice on you sir you know or the person who knows how to fit a bra properly or who actually like has a clue how this device works instead of being like a poorly translated from some asian language 
page that's been copy pasted on a range of different products and not updated. So you don't actually know the specs for the thing you're ordering. Um, so instead, bring back all of that high street stuff, except replace the staff members um, because they're insufficiently, you know, nobody likes working retail. So they're not sufficiently alluring to, to bring people over despite the allure of online shopping. What you need instead, holograms, right? You need like, you need some kind of virtual shop assistant that can then be personalized for the customer. So the way you've got like a personalized ad, ad profile for online stuff, you've got a personalized, like these are the people I want to interact with profile. And now when you go to buy your groceries, it's your grandma packing them, <laughs> right? It's much more comforting. You can feel like you're yeah. spending time with her. You don't actually have to call her because nobody wants that, <laughs> right? And she's she, you know, she t- wishes you a good day, tells you she's proud of you, dearie, and you know, gives you a pat on the back, and off you go. You feel good yeah, about yourself. It's like your own personal shopper. So, is this um, is it different in every shop, or do you have one hologram who like becomes your bestie, your shopping pal, who's like, oh, I think this would really suit you. <laughs> You look great with this. You bought this last week because I've been spying on your internet history. And I think you'd like this. <laughs> you know, a little bird told me that a lot of your friends and or other people in your demographic have been spending their money on sponsored <laughs> products like this. A little bird called Twitter <laughs> called, <laughs> told me. <Yes. laughs> um, the way I picture it is that you would have your own profile, like saved in your phone or the chip in your head or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the shops would be equipped with like hollow divine you know like a drone or something that projects the image like you walk in and you're assigned your you know the same way you pick up a basket to wander around the supermarket um or one of those like fancy buzzing coaster thingamies that they're using now to like help with um table service in restaurants and so on uh you have that but it's like a little hollow drone buzzes right you know turns into your you know your ex-girlfriend who stopped returning your calls or whoever it is that you've decided is your optimal <laughs> person you want to interact with and that's who you're going to have now in every shop or you could you could have a whole suite of them you know and you just you'd pick them off the roster from the app on your phone so uh gosh so in a really busy shop let's say it's black friday or whatever where there's hordes of people Mm. you not only do you have to contend with hordes of people you also have to contend with a shifting sea (laughs) of holograms that make it you know where am i walking here am i walking to a wall am i walking to a person am i walking into a hologram and you just you just stumble around like waving like waving your arms but it doesn't make any difference there's just this (laughs) besieging spectacle of light that you can't make your way through um Yes, I suppose so. I mean, honestly, I can't really think of any any ways to make Black Friday better beyond just cancelling it. So you may as well just go all in. Or, I mean, I'm sure there's ways, you, like, say it was like a Google Glass thing, right? Like, maybe the hologram isn't, av- isn't visible to everyone else. It's just for your personal, um, you know, whatever's mm. in front of your eyes. Or maybe they're not, um, you know, standard holograms that you can walk through. Uh, semi-transparent and all the rest of it they're like hard light holograms you know uh, or droids or something so like mm-hmm. it just it, it doubles the number of people in your shop it's true um, but hopefully you make it up through customer loyalty somehow <laughs> because the, the holograms are very expensive to run so okay I've got two ideas from this right so the first one is you're talking about droids so what you can do you know Black Friday in America famously there's all, all these scenes of people fighting over stuff mm-hmm. um, to get the right items so everyone makes their own battle bot droid and they go in and fight it out for the best. Oh yeah, stuff. Robot Wars, but like you get that blender you've been wanting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> send in XV19 and in he goes. 
<laughs> and he's got like the axe, he's got the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Half the stuff you want gets absolutely trashed. Absolutely. And it's just and, but you have to pay like, for it. You will be charged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really Well, they're recording everything in their head cam, so uh, they, they know how to keep track of what you're destroying. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a really fun event, actually. Yeah, I like that. Because... It's the same way that, like, escort quests in um, video games are harder than just, like, go in and slaughter everything that isn't you quests, you know? Having to protect this, like, often very stupid uh, AI NPC is usually really difficult. So now, like, Robot Wars is one thing, just destroy all the other robots, but now it's Robot Wars, but you have to protect this, like, fragile set of <laughs> champagne flutes <laughs> that you came here for. <laughs> You've got to pry it out of their cold, dead pincers and hang on to it while you're being assaulted. Yeah, it's like an action film. You can imagine the adverts, like the the John Lewis adverts or whatever. It's like <laughs> the Christmas ad. And it's, it's this battle bot with like a machine gun on one arm, a chainsaw on the other. And it's got little like um, like lobster claws mm-hmm. uh, it, closer to the body. And it's just holding this little thing of champagne flutes. And it's like rolling through. There's explosions. It's dodging flying <laughs> shrapnel and blown off heads of other robots. Just desperately trying to make its way to the door. Trailing like Christmas decorations behind it. Yep. Um, and then it gets to the little girl with her fox and her snowman. And it's like, here you go. I don't know why she wants champagne flutes. But anyway. <laughs> that's, that's the direction my brain was going as well, though. I can already picture the scene of like the Christmas blockbuster, right? Where like... The, the estranged daughter has said that, oh, it's okay, daddy. It's it's okay that you missed all my birthdays, whatever. But I really wish I could have this one thing for Christmas. And it's this, you know, this little pony doll or whatever. And uh, there's, but the, the, oh no, the dad's battle droid is in the shop. And it's Black <laughs> Friday tonight. And how is he gonna, they're all gonna be, oh, but he's, he, he pictures her face and she's crying and he can't have it. And he just runs in there and everyone's like, no, daddy, no, you're gonna get you. But he's like, no, he's rushing in past all the robots, the gunfire, the explosions. And he's just, <laughs> just running out of there, just like bloody, tattered clothing, smoking. But he has that precious, precious doll that his daughter needs. And you get that tearjerker moment. Uh, floods of tears in the audience and uh yeah another another big christmas hit yeah and then there's just an explosion of limbs yeah well i mean he he doesn't survive it like terrible internal hemorrhaging yeah uh, but the point <laughs> but is he got the toy i got you the champagne <laughs> like this is, this is what i wanted <laughs> daddy it's a pony called champagne flute you don't know anything <laughs> never listen to me oh so the second idea I had, which came from the Google Glass thing, um, was that maybe it's not just the uh, your little holograms that are beamed into your eyes. Maybe it's the entire high street. So a lot of the time in city centres, uh, the high streets are neglected and they get quite run down. They can be, you know, kind of boarded up shops and it's not very clean because uh, the council don't have any budgets anymore because uh, of the government. So uh... <laughs> the damn government. <laughs> but so, the nail salons uh, are still there somehow. There's like yeah. four times more of them than you'd expect to see. Hairdressers, <laughs> as far as the eye can see. But yeah, in, the, in these rundown city centres, you just put on your uh, your VR specs and you still go out and you still go to them, but everything is just like kind of uh, candy-coated. Mm-hmm. It's like, it makes everything like a little video game or like instead of um, like a stray dog running towards you, there's a cute little puppy. Yeah. Uh, and instead of um, like a smoke belching bus, there's a horse-drawn carriage from like the late Victorian and, era. And or the something. horses are smoking pipes, and that's why it smells like that. <laughs> it's yeah, so quaint. Exactly. 
<laughs> yeah, and the and the puppy gives you a uh, you know a, a friendly little bite on the hand, <laughs> but there's no reason to worry because it's a cute little puppy. Absolutely. This reminds me of the, I mean, especially the rabid puppy part, but um, this reminds me of the, I'm pretty sure I read a story um, fairly early on in the times of VR about someone who lived in like a really dingy apartment, like a basement apartment, no natural light or something. Just like a really, you know, not a great living situation. And they were like, okay, options. I could just suck it up. I could like save loads and like get a different job whatever it's like it's going to cost me a lot of money to get like an upgrade the rent is going to be much higher etc or ha 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 take the road less traveled get myself a vr kit and then just start making myself a virtual apartment to live in and overlay it over the existing (laughs) infrastructure so the furniture is all arranged in the same places like they come home you know and they come in through the like creaky front door and like the mouldering external, uh, you know, view of the building and all the rest of it. But they, they step through their apartment's rubbish, but they put on the VR goggles and now they're actually home. Their apartment looks amazing. Giant windows, like rolling vistas. They're on an island, whatever. All this natural light pouring in. All their furniture is much nicer. They got all this artwork on the walls. It's still a small physical space, but it feels much better to be in. And then you wear the goggles right up until you go to sleep. I can't figure out whether that is really cool or slightly sinister or dangerous. And I think it's all three. I think it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there we are. That's the world. What if you moved your furniture there in real life, though? It wouldn't move in VR. Oh, well, you don't, I think. I think you settle on like where you want everything to be and then you, you know. (laughs) Or maybe they've designed it so that like, because, you know, if you want to open your fridge, does it? I assume they take the headset off because it doesn't have like all of your ingredients. You That's just a really like, good put question. your hand into the fridge and just smash <laughs> everything. <laughs> because the fridge is just full of like loose eggs and things. You're just rooting around in there. <laughs> and just like the you put your hand is full of mouldy food. Oh but god. But see. it looks great in oh. your version. <laughs> yeah, these sausages feel squelchier than normal. Mm, look great though. <laughs> it looks fantastic, which is the only thing that matters. Yeah. But yeah, it's like that, but for the high street and uh you know, you can go into a shop. Um, I guess the problem is you go into a shop and you'd be like, oh, I love these clothes. And then you take them home and take off your glasses. You'd be like, these are disgusting. <laughs> I guess maybe the... Um, God, yeah, I don't know what you do about that. Because then it starts uh, it starts um, blurring into the just pure VR high street where yeah. it's a virtual shop inside. Maybe... Maybe it's just to save everyone from having to renovate the outside because, like, it's very expensive to redo the road, reroute the bus lanes, do something about the graffiti, all the you know, all the shuttered shops and all the rest of it. All of that you can fix with VR, and the software is going to be much cheaper. Just take the goggles off when you get inside. Let's not reroute the bus lanes. Let's just make people think that they can walk. <laughs> yes, there. it's true. So they'll get hit by buses. <laughs> I guess jaywalking would have to be heavily discouraged. <laughs> You've got to go through the crossing. Oh, it looks totally fine. It's just a, just a nice grassy meadow. I'll walk through there. Bam. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, because everyone's got like noise-cancelling headphones in. Everything's utterly silent except for the uh, piped-in sort of ambient like meadow sounds or whatever. Hmm. I, I like it, it, it prompts the interesting question of whether it is nicer to, you know, live in a dream and die young without waking up or, you know, live longer but in like the gruesome grey real world. Yeah, we are heavily converging on a Black Mirror episode here, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Well, we often skirt that territory, I suppose. All right, tell you what. Listen, let's be a little bit more cheerful. Um, at least I, I happen to like wildlife. Um, so this is a, a 
maybe well you know the way in post-apocalyptic settings you always get like the like you know things have gone bad when there's like deer running around like times square yes yeah right everything's overgrown vegetation there's animals and stuff so what i would like though is just straight up tear out the whole high street replace it with bug hotels beehives bat box you know ponds wildlife ponds just it's a major thoroughfare but for wildlife we took away all their hedgerows and now they just get a huge head hedgerow right through the center of town because we don't need all those shops anyway we just need like an amazon locker yeah okay normally i would critique ideas talk about them but this is just 100 percent on board right I'm there <laughs> You know, where can I sign up to, to for the crowdfunding Excellent. for this thing? Yeah, there's no downside that I can think of. And I, the thing I particularly like about it is that um, the way it's always been is that like the way a town typically evolves, right, is that you start at like a village arises because it's like at the crossroads of, well, like a literal crossroads of trading roads. And, you know, like the people with the horses and carts need like an inn to stop at and then a shop and then, you know, and it comes up from there. Or... Um, you know, yeah, that like trading or just like population centers. And then they grow up from the middle, which becomes busier and busier because that's where all the stuff is. So you have like your market square and then all your shops. And then over time, it becomes your businesses and your offices and all the rest of it. Till you're left with that absurd situation where everyone lives on the outskirts of town, which is spread further and further apart and has to commute longer and longer to make it into the central business district in order to sit at a different computer with a different internet connection to do the same work that they could in fact be doing at home. Hopefully we're waking up from this nightmare. Time will tell. Point is... I want a town, instead of being like an increasingly, you know, like a, God, like a root structure, right? Like a, like a fungal colony that just becomes denser and denser in the middle and then spreads out further and further. That's what our cities are. But instead, I want them to be like those fungal colonies. You know, the ones that produce fairy rings in lawns? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you get the effect where... Like, initially, it's a circle, and then as it spreads, it becomes a ring of, like, weird grass. But then the grass is perfectly fine where it hasn't been reached yet, and it's fine again in the middle as the weird ring-shaped mycelium just spreads out. That's what I want our cities to be. They just become, like, ripples, donuts, that spread out, and a new wildlife space arises inside. That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I Yep. 100%. Let's go. Excellent. Let's do, let's do that. Right. Uh, on to more ludicrous suggestions, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, surprise delivery. So, this one, uh, the first time that you buy a parcel online, you're entered into a lottery mm. with a one in one trillion chance that instead of your package arriving, it will instead be a small explosive device that is delivered to your house. Oh, wow. Um, and this is if you buy online instead of going to a high street shop. And then the second parcel you buy doubles your odds of this happening to one in 500 billion. Oh, God. And the third doubles the odds again. So basically, over the course of your life, you have to be really selective <laughs> about the parcels that you are getting delivered. Because every time you do, mm. you are doubling the chances that um, you will have a bomb delivered to your house. And it's like, fair's fair. You decided to play this lottery. We made the maths apparent right at the beginning. But you're banking on the fact that people are idiots and nobody understands statistics. People still play the lottery. They'll still shop online. Because, yeah, I I mean, I haven't done the maths, but I assume if you buy 100 parcels online, you're running the risk pretty fine at that point. 
and it's only going to get a lot worse. I just, yeah, it is. I've just realised that um, I'm being really stupid because the objective here is not to blow people up. You're actually trying to disincentivize <laughs> online shopping, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm like, this will get them. <laughs> to remove to remove the people who are online shopping at the expense of the high street. Ah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that works. Yeah, it works in two ways. It's it's a dis- it's a, a disincentive, and then not so much a punishment as it is, yeah, just like a, a straightforward removal from the economy and the gene pool. <laughs> yeah, or uh, you know, there's a couple of ways around this, I guess. The first thing you buy is either a bomb-proof safe which you attach to your letterbox, mm. um, or the idiot's guide to bomb disposal. <laughs> <It's pretty safe>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you could you could be really really unlucky and get a bomb on the first time. I think that's pretty. I mean, one in one trillion is is pretty much not going to happen. You, um, you'd get the listicles on social media, though, wouldn't you? You get like twenty people who ordered you know bomb disposal equipment as their first package, but got a bomb instead. Like you won't believe their faces. Here's where we found them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just you know, instead of actively trying to make our high streets better, mm. just make online shopping worse. You're right. Yeah, it's so much easier. It's become way too convenient these days, actually. And honestly, I feel like we're living in a golden age for the simple reason that cardboard used to be a prized commodity in my home. I don't know if my household was uh, typical or bizarre in this respect, but uh, I did a lot of arts and crafts. Uh, I was all about papier macheing and like making stuff out of paper and cardboard was really precious because um, back in the day you didn't do all this online shopping and nothing came in cardboard. Like you get cereal boxes, but that was about it. So as a yeah, kid, that's true. right? And your parents aren't going to be like, it's not like they're going to, you're going to go to the hardware store and buy all the proper materials you need for this project, right? Your pocket money isn't going to stretch that far. Nobody's taking your stuff that seriously. It's just something to occupy you for the afternoon so they get some time off. So you're obsessing about needing, well, I'd say you as if anyone else was as obsessed as I was. <laughs> I'm not sure I did as many crafts. I think I looked at Blue Peach and was like, that seems a lot of effort. <laughs> <laughs> I was way into it. So yeah, I was all about like hoarding like a cardboard box. I would stash that away. Um, and these days, you, you're drowning in cardboard boxes. There's no end to the things. Cardboard has God, become my, cheap. Yeah, my recycling pile outside, is, is it's not in bags anymore. It's just a pile of cardboard. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, that it won't fold down small enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember ordering that much this week. It's just there's, I could build a mini fortress. Yes, and perhaps you should. Perhaps I should actually. <laughs> Yeah, get some papier-mâché going. <laughs> yes. What else is lockdown for, apart from building a, a papier-mâché? We were wondering what to do with our garden. Maybe we'll just turn it into a fort. Consider it. I mean, rain might be an issue, but I guess as like the older constructions get kind of stodgified and, and compacted, they'll just form a nice layer, like a base layer, upon which you can keep building, like <laughs> snow. The, the fun thing about having a lot of cardboard in the garden, complete tangent, is that um, when it rained uh, and the cardboard was outside, we got a toad that came and like he just sandwiched himself between two cardboard boxes. Oh, hell yeah. Because they were nice and damp and he just chilled out there for a day. It was great. That's super cute. Yeah. I like that. I, so I want to I wanna discover ways that this like, because cardboard, to be fair, is not the worst of it. At least not everything. I mean... God, it annoys me no end because the risk of getting a little serious, which is exactly what this program is for, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hate it when they when they fill it with like you know 
polystyrene packing peanuts or like those plastic bags full of air instead of like the scrunched up paper. But for the most part, it's scrunched up paper and cardboard. So mm. you can feel not too awful about it environmentally. And feasibly, yes, you can make toad castles in your backyard. <laughs> Um, But all this improvement, all this convenience, all this like gradual shift towards environmentalism, this is what's killing the high street, really. So maybe we need to make it worse or showcase the worst aspects better. Maybe we need to make people confront like the Amazon warehouse experience, which I gather is like some of the worst part of all of this is the sort of modern slavery that takes place in such establishments. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, I'm sure Amazon cares a lot about suing us, but yes, allegedly. Uh, maybe maybe you just need some new law where, like, if you're going to order something online, first you have to watch 30 seconds of the live feed of what's going on in the warehouse right now. Like, you need to see the underpaid immigrant worker actually having to fulfill your order and getting yelled at because they'd run out of the correct size of box um, and yeah. they use a slightly larger one. You know how um, there's some legislation that makes airlines show you how much CO2 your flight produces now? Is there? Uh, yeah, I think so. In some countries. I don't know if it's in the UK, but in some countries. Mm. Um, now, instead, on Amazon, it shows you how many uh, bottles of urine have been produced <laughs> exactly. in order to fulfill your order. Yeah, how many employees? Because they tears. don't get the toilet breaks. God. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of... Um, uh shops with no morals um (laughs) another idea i had was uh called plunder games so you so the high street shops my is kind of my favorite way to get people interested in these things again is tricking trickery tricking people Mm -hmm. so you get shops to disguise themselves as common necessities such as banks hospitals schools or courthouses i see however once you step inside you are then trapped within a Hunger Games-style battle royale uh, where you must spend real money to buy things that will aid you. So, so it works especially well in some shops like kitchenware and supermarkets, mm-hmm. and but less well in others like DFS or a mattress store. Although, I mean... Um... You just, I mean, in a furniture shop, okay, mattresses is one thing. You'd have to, like, raid them for springs, I suppose. Yeah. 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 I, like, furniture shops, all right. I think you just need to start breaking the legs off of things and using them as clubs. That's true. And they always have these decorative, like, glass bowls of fruit and whatever hanging about. Not real fruit, but, you know, they put things in them just to simulate what it might look like in your dining room. Yeah. That's a point. Now, how do you, how do you make people want to kill each other? I mean, like, beyond the sort of base level misanthropy that everybody has like how do you get them really fired mm. up maybe i mean i guess they're just the the incentive that they're not allowed to leave until they do so it's like of every batch one customer gets to leave so if you want to yeah. get home you know before dinner you better get to murdering yeah and you you get to keep all the broken stuff that you've used <laughs> along the way and this helps the store make money how because <laughs> you have to buy you have to buy the thing so they could just rob you, like once you oh, come yeah. in. Okay, but, more, but somehow they're ex- fun, isn't it? they're exploiting <laughs> legal loopholes somehow. Yeah, because you're voluntarily buying. I guess you could say it's kidnapping. Mm, a little bit, and I feel like a ransom is easier. Yeah, how could you incentivize people to attack each other in this scenario? <laughs> hmm. There's got to be a way, though. Um, it could be that of every batch. 
one person is given their shopping for free. Yeah. Um, but everyone else is allowed to stop them by any means necessary, but has to pay for any stuff that they use in so doing. So the person who gets their shopping for free is desperately trying to fill their trolley with all the most expensive stuff. And yep. the others are all grabbing, you know, like curtain <laughs> rods and things off, you know, like improvised weaponry off shelves to like assault them with. And like, you know, they need to they need to grab baskets and pillowcases and stuff to like stuff their own loot into for after them, you know, when they've killed them. Um, but all of that they're gonna have to pay for. So everyone is like banking on the fact that okay, yeah, I'm investing in needing all of this stuff to win this competition because then I get it all for free anyway. But all of the losers have to pay. Uh, I guess you have to stop them actually killing each other. It's like a sort of king of the hill scenario. So there's the person who gets it all for free. But if you take them out, you may not even need to kill them. You just need to put them out of action. Yes. Then you you should be penalised for killing them, really. Yeah, and they (laughs) maybe. Then you become the kind of king of the hill, and then you're the one that would get it all for free if you make it out of the shop. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, you're given a, a, a token, like a, a hat or a medal or something, upon coming in. And as long as you have that when you make it to the till, then you get yeah. everything for free. But other people it's are allowed like, to take it off you. It's like a really sinister supermarket sweep. Yes, extremely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a fusion of supermarket sweep and uh, a discussion we had on an earlier episode, um, Rollercoaster Thai Food, I believe. Oh yes, the, fight, the fighting restaurant. Exactly, where you you get your food for free, provided you are able to fight the other patrons for it. Yeah, I guess it is quite similar. Uh... <laughs> There's no new ideas, Andy. The key to originality no. is to forget about your sources. <laughs> In this you case, we're original. Yourself. The sources, us. Yeah, <laughs> self plagiarism. Uh, ending on a more positive note uh, than murder. Yeah, I, for some reason I've called it Shopping Sunday Family Fun Day. Which sounds like a, I mean that could be their slogan, but it's not a good, good title. But, uh, <laughs> essentially, you combine water parks, indoor golf courses, go kart tracks into high street shops ah. to attract people in. So it's aimed at families mm-hmm. because when you go to the high street shops, your kid. I, I remember as a kid being incredibly bored, having to go around all these shops with my parents, just being like, I really don't care about cookery or. Um, clothes or any of that stuff so please can we just leave so you need to preoccupy them somehow so you need to give them stuff like water parks and golf courses and go-karts um but you just have that in the shop with you so you're weaving your way through speeding vehicles flying golf balls (laughs) while your kids have a grand old time and you're just desperately dodging and weaving to to try and get the stuff that you want I see. So you're doing away with the idea of just having like a, a small children's area, like a playpen or whatever, like they might have in a in a doctor's surgery to keep the little ones occupied while you're waiting. Because yeah. obviously that's that's only going to work up to a certain age. The parents probably have to be there playing with the kids. It's not the same. You want like proper, hardcore, radical entertainment for today's youth. Yeah, paintball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just in the aisles. <laughs> in an art gallery. It's pretty risky. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. The beauty of it is, they don't actually need any pieces; just blank canvases. Oh, this is this is a, an excellent fusion of our where we talked about art. Our very and, first uh, episode of series one, I believe. Yeah, and now talking about shopping—that is a great idea. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like you'd get some really—you'd have a lot of really run-of-the-mill paintings that were just, you know, lots of splotches. Which you know, some artists, what is it, Jackson Pollock or someone? Like, there's a lot of there's some of that going around. Yeah, yeah. 
But mm-hmm. you'd get some really interesting ones. It's like, oh yeah, here's where that guy got shot. Like he 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 uh, tripped, like put out his hand to steady himself, <laughs> and then got shot right in the fingers. And you can see the outlines here. And look, this one's bent a bit funny from where it broke under the impact. Yeah, That'll or be this collector's one's where piece. you got hit by a paint grenade, or you know, yeah, sort of just thing. a silhouette of a person with their arms up, like no. I mean, you know, art gallery's classic high street, um, <laughs> high street fair. Well, it depends on the high street. Like in a certain kind of village, that expects uh, expects a lot of tourist traffic, and you know what, like um, retirees, like out in the country, you get you get a certain amount of art galleries, like shops that have no particular purpose they just sell knickknacks of various kinds i've never understood i don't even know how to refer to them because a gift shop is a thing that you find in a museum or a zoo but i can't think of a purpose for these shops besides buying gifts for people i had the maddening experience a couple of years ago Frederick and i were like you know we're going to do christmas shopping on the high street we're going to shun the online thing opposite of this year basically um we're going to we're going to go to the crystal palace triangle lots of shops there um, and we're going to, you know, we're going to just, we're going to, we're going to take a day or two and shop around and look for, you know, think about people and think about things they might like and just really make a day of it. And we walked around these shops and we were like, so disappointed that I don't, you look at them from the outside and the window is just so alluring. Like, oh yeah, this seems like such a good concentration of, there's gotta be some good stuff in here. And then you look at any item individually and realize just how unnecessary it is. A little bit like, um, I think... I think How I Met Your Mother. Have you watched How I Met Your Mother? Oh, only a few episodes. Okay, well, they made a big thing out of like Barney coming up with these concepts. Um, And one of them was the cheerleader effect, which is how... uh, I'm not going to relate it properly, but it's something how like a group of girls appear... Because he's a classy guy. This is about how a group of girls (laughs) appear hot in aggregate but no individual member is particularly attractive. It's just if you take like the cheerleader squad as a group, you get the impression the hotness level is above a certain threshold, but then no single individual is a 10, you know? So thank you, Barney, for that. But yeah, you you can apply that uh, with a little uh, less uh, moral issue to this random tat. Like you look at this window and it's like, yeah, everything here is like, I wouldn't actually buy that for someone I care about. It's like, eh, but there's got to be something. Altogether, it's like Aladdin's cave. I like to think that the uh, when you're talking about Barney, you're actually talking about Barney the dinosaur. Oh, yeah, it was a very special <laughs> episode. It was a crossover, and Barney was here to tell you about thoughts. And uh... <laughs> what, what does Barney sound like in The Dinosaur? Hello, is that it? Do you know, I honestly don't know. In my mind, yes, but I don't think I ever watched Barney the Dinosaur. No. I think Barney the Dinosaur is a a really great concept because it's somehow, I don't know, like there's so many kids shows where the whole thing takes place in a cartoon. It's just a separate world, right? Or you've got like a human interacting with a weird world, like Blue's Clues or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Barney the Dinosaur is you had a bunch of like actual kids, right? And then a guy in a mascot outfit. Yeah. And for some reason, I don't know. I don't know. It seems a bit odd. Anyway, we're way off the topic. Barney the Dinosaur is going to save the high street. He's going to do it single-handedly. He is. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I, I just think there's maybe that effect could... Uh, no, not that effect exactly. But my hypothesis is if you're distracted by enough random stuff going on around you Mm. and the danger that you're going to be crashed into by a speeding go-kart then you'll just grab whatever you can 
as quickly as possible, run to the till and pay for it without paying too much attention about what it is. So they can just overcharge for everything. Yeah. And also, mm. I do like the, I, I have an image in my head of, you know, they're shopping for their kid, but their kids run off and got in a go-kart and they're just trying to chase down little little Tommy to be like, can you try this jump roll, please? And he's just <laughs> doing laps around the, yes. around the thing. <laughs> it would be maddening because you already get, you, you get um, supermarkets that have thought about like the experience of shopping with kids and they've built in like a small toy car into the front of the trolley so that you can push your kid around and they're having a good time. But it's like the evolution of that and it's designed purely to inconvenience you as a parent. Yeah, they're going down a water slide and you're holding out the pair of trunks for them to try on. Yeah, it's like, please just do it. <laughs> Is it this cereal or this cereal? I can't remember. And they're just like, splash, this tidal wave just drenches you. Yeah, it's like in, um, it's like a Wallace and Gromit style, you know, when Wallace gets dressed in the mornings and all the clothes come down yes. on little robot arms. You're just holding them out for them to fly into. <laughs> Just hoping for the best, and then you've you eventually you've just got to capture your child, drag them to the till, and then dunk them, you know dump them there on top of the counter so that the um, poor long suffering <laughs> cashier can scan the various tags that are just dangling off of them. Okay, right. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't think there's anything more that we can do. We've done uh, our best. It's up to society now to take these seeds and, and make them grow. These are challenging times, obviously, uh, because of COVID, but. If that doesn't save the high streets, I don't, I don't know what will. Well, then they deserve to die, honestly. <laughs> you know, the strongest survive. I'm sorry. Let's give the low streets a chance. High streets have had it all their own way for too long. Low streets, everyone's just really depressed. That was the Hypotheticals podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Hypotheticals. That's Hypotheticals without the R. Follow me individually at Rain Tortoise. That's Rain like the weather phenomenon. And Tortoise like the animal. And you can follow me at Mr. Howell. That's M-R-H-O-W-L. If you've enjoyed this, please do leave us a review on iTunes. Because it really helps. And we'll see you next time. Bye! We definitely do. And before we do, I just want to double check with you. I, I really, I should know this for several reasons, but let's make sure we're on the same page. Yep. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I changed my mind. What were you going to ask? What were you going to ask? No, it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> that was just a long pause. I was like, has Skype stopped working? And I just said, no. What? Did I miss out? Did I say something? No, there was nothing else. <laughs> so, the, the second idea I got from, from your uh, kind of Google Glass thing, mm. um, the second idea was that, I'm sorry, someone is knocking on my door. <laughs>
quite, quite <laughs> That's insistently. That's a great I'm idea, gonna, Andy. I'm going to go get this. One second. All right. It's times like this, dear listeners, that you're reminded of just how inconvenient it is for there to be an outside world. Do we really want to save the high street? Or are we safe here in our individual cocoons? Think on this. Hello, you're listening to Season 2 of the Hypotheticals Podcast. I'm Adriano. And I'm Andy, and this week's episode is sponsored by OK Zuma, the new video... Fuck, I'd forgotten words. <laughs> the new video fuck app for the over 60s. <laughs> now that's, that would be an app that would sell. <laughs>